0: Welcome back to the hairstylist rising podcast on today's episode my guest laura simmons is here to share the incredible swan business model that she has created in her salon suite and how thinking outside the box has allowed her to scale inside a swan suite to a quarter million dollars and then far beyond in the last few years. In this episode, Laura's going to walk you through how she created her micro salon and grew a team while staying in her salon suite, and it is such a cool journey. If you're an independent stylist and you are thinking about different revenue streams you can add to your business or stepping into leadership and you're called to grow your business beyond what you're bringing in behind the chair, this is an episode that you absolutely do not want to miss. So without further ado, let's get into it. you're listening to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. Here, we talk about creating a career you love. We go deep into mindset, marketing, business, and life as a hairstylist. I am your host, Jody Brown, a hairstylist veteran turned branding and marketing mentor for ambitious, inspired beauty pros like you. On this podcast, we share the real stories of leaders within the beauty industry and actionable trainings that leave you with the tools and guidance that will inspire you to build your best life as a hairstylist. From branding, business, and marketing, to mindset, life, and finding fulfillment, no topic is off limits here. Get ready to be educated and inspired. This is the Hairstylist Rising podcast. Hello, and welcome back to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. So this is a really special bonus episode. And if you are an independent hairstylist who's thought about expanding your business, who's thought about maybe diversifying your income streams, or you just feel in your heart that you're meant for more, which so many of us are in our entrepreneurial journeys, I cannot wait to introduce this concept and I'm just really excited to have you here, Laura.
1: Thank you for having me again. I love, love being on your show. So thank you so much for inviting me back in to share this unique concept that has been a labor of love. Well, and it's so interesting because this is kind of the way you've been running your
0: business for a little while now. And I feel like I'm just, I'm loving seeing the transparency behind what you've done because I do think it's really unique. And you and I have been friends for a number of years now. And I think watching the evolution of where you've been able to take your business has been absolutely mind blowing. So let's introduce the business model that you've been running behind the scenes that you're now kind of bringing into the arena as a possibility for other hairstylists.
1: Yeah. It's really interesting. So thank you for the compliments because it has been just a natural evolution of how I ran my, how I've been running my business. And it wasn't something I, in my head, when you're so close to something, you're like, everyone knows how to do this. Like, this isn't something to talk about. But when you start talking about it, you realize this is not something most people have done or do or have considered doing. So, it's like bridging the gap, in my opinion, between independent suite renters or someone that owns like a one chair salon, because there are small salons like that in our area here in Dallas and in other areas as well. So, this bridges the gap between your traditional independent suite renter or someone who owns like a one chair salon to like that big overhead of running like a 15 person salon. It's interesting because I know we've heard this talk a lot is that when you're in the industry for a really long time, Sometimes you think as a stylist, okay, well, I've I've done like a commission salon. I've checked off the box of being a booth runner. I've checked off the box of now being a suite runner. I must open a salon now, and that doesn't always have to be your next step. You know, there's a lot of avenues you can go down. And for me, like I, I toy around with the idea of like, oh, do I want a big salon? And I work in beautiful big salons, and they're great. But I know like my capacity and what I'm wanting to do for myself and having flexibility and having the ability to kind of create it and grow it on my terms. And for me, that's having like a five chair salon, which is what I have right now, operating out of two salon suites with a team. And I've toyed around with, and this is going down such a rabbit hole, but I've toyed around with both renters and as well a compensation. So you can call them commission, but I I choose to see that as a different hybrid because what I'm birthing and creating is truly this beautiful blend that you can see me talking with my hands right now, guys, it's, it's this beautiful blend of like an independent mindset of a stylist that has a really great compensation that you're supported as a team and we grow and do things together. Like it's, it's a hybrid that I have not yet seen that I'm really striving to create and grow. So it's called a micro salon. and. <laughs> it has been something that i have been just like actively working on and working through for the past 3 years that i really have enjoyed and it's been a challenge and it's it's really grown me as a leader in really big ways
0: yeah i love that and it's you know one of the things that i think is so amazing about this as a potential avenue is that it does give you the kind of flexibility that you know it, it may not be possible if you if you decided to go down the route of, you know, salon owner, because a lot of the time we're talking five, 10 year leases sometimes, and it's, it can be a really big undertaking that doesn't lend you a lot of flexibility. And I think over the past few years in particular, a lot of the people that I know are starting to think about business ownership differently and are are starting to really prioritize freedom and flexibility as one of the the main perks of entrepreneurship. So what I love about this model and what I love about what you've done, and I know that when you're in the midst of it, you don't think, oh, I'm innovating right now. Like right now, this is me innovating. But looking back, like it truly has been an innovation, which I'm so excited to share with my listeners. And we're going to get into that nitty gritty of what the journey was like. How you can get started, and really what it takes to step into that role of leader, because that, to me, is the main that's the main difference between being someone who, you know, is self-led in a suite, and that requires leadership as well. But then when you're bringing on a team, you're truly stepping into that role of leader. So I'm excited to explore that with you today.
1: Yes, that's a great starting point actually, to talk about. so, I personally went from a commission into a suite and I quickly hired my first assistant. I've always personally worked with assistants. They've always been like my right hand woman, man, wh- whomever comes into the vicinity and fits the role. And to me, that's just been a natural thing. I was given an assistant year one of doing hair. And so it's like, I'm I'm so dependent on having help. I don't know how to work <laughs> for myself. So that was like my first hire. I have to have someone And finding someone who was willing to grow and work with me was key because I didn't know how many clients were going to come with me. I didn't know what my budget was. Like I really had to learn and teach myself like what a profit and loss statement was and what was my budget and with the overhead and the cost of color and the cost of support like an assistant. So once I worked through all that, I had an assistant start part-time and then they grew with me to a full-time position. And then they started taking on responsibilities with me, like helping me place color orders and help with inventory. And we became a unit and a team, but that wouldn't have been able to have been possible without being personally for first and foremost, self-led to then having to lead and help them like delegate, like delegate things to help them help me. So I'm not the person doing all the things all the time. And the beauty of that is, is when you find the right person that fits that mold and how I, how I explain this to my apprentices is that, you know, I'm going to give you a lot of responsibility, but it's going to help you so much further down the road. It's not just because, hey, Laura's too busy to do this or, hey, Laura's lazy or Laura doesn't want to do this. Or like, you're not just a shampoo person in yeah. a towel folder and a foil cutter. Like it's not what your jobs are, but your yeah. responsibility is to learn what it is truly like to multitask and run a high-performing business. So when you are ready to be on the floor, the things that would naturally overwhelm the average stylist will not over, will not overwhelm you. It's going to be things that just come so innately natural to you because you went through all the hard steps throughout your apprenticeship under my guidance that it's like, all you have to focus on is like, how do I tackle this color correction? How do I make myself, or how do I make this client um, feel safe and understood so I can over and or under promise and over-deliver, excuse me. Like, what exactly. can I do? You can focus on what your craft is and not just all the small components of like, oh crap, I got to call back Susie. Oh, I got to place this color or I got to like fold towels. I got like, because that's what independent artists do is all they think about is like when they're blow drying hair, they're thinking about when's the next person coming in? Are they running on time? Mm-hmm. or How am I going to pre-book this person? Did I fold the towels? What am I going to get to eat my lunch? And if we can get our apprentices to that place faster, They don't feel like like they're not going to, they're not going to lose. They're not going to quit. They're not going to walk out. Like they're going to be on like their best a game when they first start out on the floor. So I, this last year I shared with you, Jody like I went through my maternity. I had like, I was pregnant. I was training assistants. I was growing my salon. And this was like the, truly the first year of me seeing this idea Happen with my apprentice that, like, I'm going to put you through a boot camp. We're going to put you through a boot camp of how to be high performing, how to work with five star clients, how to show up as the best you year one. Within three months of being on the floor, my assistant that I was working with was generating what, like, the high performing six figure hairstyles would be, would be generating after 10 years of doing hair. She did it within three months. Wow. So, the program that I created and that I, that, done within my own business works. Like it really, really works. And it it impressed me that I was like, wow, I can't believe that actually, like I knew it was going to work, but Thank goodness this assistant was so gracious to go through the fire with me because it was a lot of like intense training to get her there in a really short period of time, but she was ready to like rock and roll and she did it beautifully and gracefully. So it definitely was something I was like, this is pretty cool. Like what, what is going on is something that we can now duplicate and teach to other people so it can be done in other salon capacities.
0: Well, I think you highlight a really important point here too, is that when you are stepping into that leadership role when you have a vision for your business in the way that you do, it's important to bring your team along alongside you which is what you've done and I also love that you highlighted that your assistants are not just there to you know wash color bowls and fold towels like you are investing from day one into their growth and into their training and honestly I think this is something that the industry as a whole needs to really, really narrow in on because like that is the next generation of stylists. And that is, and every person that we can elevate within our industry is elevating our industry as a whole. Right. So I think that's another really important distinction that you are like creating a training program. You are investing in their growth and you are really really looking at the long-term vision, not just like, Oh, how long can I get this person to stay my shampoo girl? You know what I mean? Which I think is, I've seen conversations about like almost the fear of hiring an assistant because it is, it's a short-term position, right? And what you've done is kind of flipped it and turned that into a strength and an advantage. And that I think is really, really important to take note of.
1: Thank you. Yeah. It's, it, it's to me, it was never optional to like not train someone really great because right. the better I can train them, the better they're going to show up and the more confident they're going to be with what they do. And then it's adding so much value to the salon. Right. And the clientele that I work with are very like, these are affluent people that come with money and high expectations. So, with that said, like they want the five star experience, they want four hands instead of two hands, they want to have an apprentice there as well as me. So they have different energy to like feed off of what is just me in the salon. So the other day I was just me because my assistant, my current assistant was away. My st- every client, Where, where's your health? Where's Where's Sarah? Where's, where's the, I'm like, oh my gosh, guys, it's, it's, it's just, I'm really good at shape. I teach them how to shape, but you guys are fine. Yeah. They get used to it and it's almost comical now. So there's the fear of like, what are clients going to think when they bring in a new person? It really should be like, How could I not afford to have somebody here with me? Because it's only going to add so much more to the experience. And it's all about how you bring in your apprentice or how you decide to hire and grow your team. You know, it's, I've always approached it with excitement and with the fact that we're growing and this is a really beautiful thing and things are changing and this is exciting. And clients buy into that. Like they want to be a part of what you're growing and doing. Uh, We've really had changes of certain people. Like I've had, to be honest, like two stylists that didn't work out for various reasons and that also brings question to clients because clients hate change and like, oh, well, where'd they go? What happened? And it's all about how you would talk about it and approach it. So to me, it's like, not everything's always going to work out. That is a-okay. Like it's not a reflection that things are going poorly or badly. It just means that you're, you're realigning yourself with the right people who are going to be there to support you better. And that's mm-hmm. how I explain it to my clients. And they're like, oh yeah, it makes total sense versus, oh, I can't believe this happened and listen to how crappy this isn't play victim mentality. Yes. Because when you do that, let's just say you hire an apprentice and it doesn't work out, and you're standing around badmouthing that apprentice, your your clients are listening to what you're saying, and they're going to either feed into it, they're going to judge you for it, or they're not going to trust you because it's volatile. So mm. it is all about how you talk about it and how you, what relationship you have with the fact that nothing's certain, things are always going to change, but you are the constant in your business, and if you're the constant thing that's leading yourself and the team you are always going to be the ecosphere to keep things moving forward.
0: Yes. And I mean, the only thing that's certain is change. So I think that's another thing. Like if you're thinking about stepping into that role of leader and salon owner, micro salon owner, then it's important to acquaint yourself with the fact that there likely will be change. It's going to happen. So yeah. the, you know, it's important to kind of like stay strong in your vision And like you said, it's all about the communication. You are the constant. So with that being said, is the first step in, in switching to more of like a micro salon model, hiring an assistant, would you say that's kind of step one or has to be step one? Or is that your journey? Like what would be, you're currently an independent stylist who say does not work with an assistant. Where would, where do you start this process of micro salon ownership?
1: I personally would start with an apprentice and here's why this is going to be the quickest route for you to step fully into what leadership looks like for your business. Mm-hmm. If you were to bring in, let's just say you were, Oh, you had like a salon suite and you said, you know what? I have a second chair. I want to fill it. And I'm bringing in a second renter that yes, could be a micro salon, but you're not necessarily truly leading that person. Mm-hmm. So I would like to like differentiate the two. When you're growing your micro salon, you can do it with an apprentice, just you an apprentice, that's a micro salon, because eventually that apprentice could become a stylist. You yeah. could do it with a person who's subleasing or renting from you. And that as well would be a micro salon, little different model, meaning of how the compensation works, how you obviously generate income is going to look different and then you can have a micro salon with having a compensation like package for your stylists that come in, what I'm doing right now, plus adding in your apprentices. So there's like a lot of different modalities of how you can grow this, but essentially it's having a team. No matter if it's like renters or whether they are commissioned stylists or whether it's an assistant turned into a stylist, your team is there to help support you. My, my reason behind wanting to do this is that I had a capacity in my business where I was working four days a week like literally probably like eight to nine hour days each day or more behind the chair with my clients. We were generating great income, but I was at my, like, I could not accept any more clients. I had no more room. I was turning people away. I was referring people out. And I was like, this is like a great problem to have, but I'm losing opportunities for business for the salon. Had I have another stylist to refer them to in my own business, I could start creating this empire that was bigger than just myself. It's growing other people. It's having like really talented styles come into my team and I can train them to do these services that we are just having an abundance of requests for and allowing them to grow and build their empires off the empire I already built. Mm-hmm. That to me is a micro salon. Like that to me is truly building something bigger than yourself. And I personally believe that it's done best when you have an apprentice that you can train and grow because they become essentially, they they buy into you. They buy into your vision and your mission. They start taking on your habits of things that you do behind the chair. And it's easy because clients trust them. Clients already know who they are and they're comfortable seeing them, especially for services that that stylist is really good at doing because they've been working with you. And then when you bring in stylists who are seasoned already, you do have a little bit more legwork on the back end. You have to kind of get them brought up to speed on your culture, on your dynamics, on how you train, on certain key elements that make your salon unique. Like they have to buy into that. If they don't, they're going to, unintentionally, they're going to like ruffle the feathers of the business and it's not going to mm-hmm. be cohesive. Clients are going to be like, well, this person was okay, but she's not you. And right. I never want to hear that as a salon. I want everyone to be like, they're great. And they're great. And you're great. And I feel comfortable seeing whomever because I personally now want to stay, like, have less hours behind the chair. I want to so- empower more of the team to start making more money so they can have that lifestyle that they want. And I can now step more into leadership. I can do more outside education. I can have more time at home with my baby. Like To me, it's like a new season that I'm walking into, but I would be doing a disservice by not sharing this wealth of clients with other people within my own business. Right. So I want to bring up the elephant in the room that likely
0: at least a handful of my listeners are having when they're listening to this. I think that for, and this is a conversation I've heard happening in our industry is when you are bringing on an assistant, right? A lot of the thought process, I think it's easy to think like, well, and this conversation is as old as time immemorial in our industry when it comes to like bringing on support team members how can I, like, what's the benefit for me of bringing on a team member at the beginning? And they're scared of that output when they're not actually generating revenue. So what has to happen in terms of like business shifts or mindset shifts or any of those things in order to really see the benefit in your business? Because I I like long-term you completely explained it. So is it just a, a short-term investment for long-term growth? Like, can you walk us through that a little bit in terms of like, if you don't already work with an apprentice?
1: That's a conversation I have a lot with stylists too. Is like, well, when I'm ready or when I have the money mm-hmm. or when I can afford it or when my business is too busy or whatever it may be. And I personally feel like hiring before you're ready is step number one, that like you have, you mm-hmm. see it as an investment back into your business. But step number two is like hire and give an opportunity for what you can afford. So my first assistant, I didn't have her full time. I had her, I think two days a week, six hour days. And that still wasn't the full day that I was working, but that's what I could comfortably afford knowing where I was at. And I based it off a percentage of what my revenue was. So I went through and I had dialed in my pricing. I knew in that pricing, what budget I had to hire someone to help that I was comfortable and willing to pay. And once our business began to grow, which literally took 30 days, <laughs> wow! Cute. I was like, Sarah, I need you all the time now. Mm-hmm. It, it was it was really quick because I was able to start utilizing her on a different capacity. It was double booking for me. but I like double booking. I like showing up and I like being busy from open to close. I know mm-hmm. not every stylist loves that, but if you train your assistant to support you in the correct way, double booking should never feel stressful. You should never feel overwhelmed. If you ever run behind, you have a second set of hands to help you. It shouldn't all fall and ride on you. It should be the help between you and your apprentice. Right. What that also does for the apprentice though, is that it allows them to train and learn how to do certain services. So you can start delegating and allowing you to be open for other services. So this is how we start generating higher average dollar per hour, which allows you to generate more money as a solo stylist with the utilization of an assistant. The right. assistant also returns getting trained. So it's like you're hitting all of these really big key hitter points within the, what I'm just explaining to you. So it's not just about I'm using this assistant to make more money. Cause that's a story that I hear of, well, I'm just going to do that. Cause that feels greedy. Well, it's right greedy when you're training or my clients again, aren't going to appreciate having an assistant or I, I don't have the money to afford an assistant. Well, if you're going to continue to operate the business the way you had been for the last however many years and you're at your glass ceiling and you can't break through it, what are you going to do? Like, what right. other options do you have? And to me, it's like bringing somebody in to support you is the next option. And you have to trust the process that that small investment is going to grow substantially in a very short period of time. Right.
0: And I can see how this could happen organically, right? Because you're kind of bringing in an apprentice or an assistant and then you're training them and then they're ready to graduate. And then that's like when you bring in another one. And I I can see how this could be like a really beautiful organic growth. So my next question, which is another like maybe is coming up, what about space? How do you cope with because I, I know the answer to this, obviously, but for my listeners, when it comes to, you know, being in a salon suite, a lot of the time we picture a one chair salon suite or, you know, a two-chair salon suite. So what does the process of growth look
1: like technically? So you can start in a one chair salon suite. And here's why I say that. So my salon suite, my first one was a double suite with the intention of just having an assistant in me. And then there was an opportunity for someone that I knew that wanted to step into independence. And I was like, you know what? Just rent for me. So now I was down to one chair again because she had the second chair. So we utilized seating in our suite that was in the hallway for processing. So I still was double pushing. Oh. <laughs> we had clients literally, literally all over the like salons because suite- most salon suites will have open seating in the hallways. Obviously we were very careful not to color furniture. I mean, I'm just telling you, my landlord would probably told me if you he heard me talking about this right now, but <laughs> I had to get creative with the space that I had. So for anyone who's like, I only have one chair, it's not going to work, but it's not true. You can make anything work and it's all about how you approach it goal though is to expand into a double suite that gives you more ability to grow with your team or with your apprentice whoever it's going to be and then you can always expand into having multiple suites you could have a really large suite some of them can accommodate three chairs or chairs like it just depends on what your place is offering what they're allowing you to do and how you're going to utilize that space and it really this is what it comes down to i was thinking about this actually today this is like A small business plan is what we're discussing at this point. When people say like, if you're going to open a big salon, you have to have a business plan. It's the same thing. Like if you're going to be expanding into multiple suites or having extra chairs, you have to figure out what is this chair worth per hour? What is this chair worth per week? How am I going to make this make sense into my business? And and what's this going to look like? And what's the avenue I'm going to take to make that work for me? Because you don't want to just have this big overhead. I've seen a lot of stylists. That get excited, they get a double suite. They think it's like potential for more growth, and they do nothing with it. Now they're stuck right. with this like really expensive weekly rent, and they're losing money. That doesn't make mm. sense. Like, don't put yourself into a position of not making sense just because you think that's what you're supposed to do. So it's really about getting savvy and, and having like what I call a small business plan that's going to allow you to like understand how do I utilize and optimize the space. Right. That makes a lot of
0: sense, and I think that's something that I'm glad you said that because. I feel like everything, every part of expanding your business, no matter what it is, every additional revenue stream is going to require some type of planning. And, you know, I love that you are really breaking this down and getting tangible. So let me ask you this. If you're, if someone is listening right now and they're like, I'm an independent stylist, I really, really want to explore this idea. Was there like... Was there education that you leaned on? Like, what does that look like? And I I would love to hear a little bit more about how you're supporting stylists when it comes to opening micro salons, because this is a fairly new concept. Like, I've yet to stumble
1: across existing education on this topic. I haven't found education on this. I went into it, I'm going to say blindly, but I had a lot of like, I was at, Stylist that was one terrible at high school. Hated math. Like, did not really listen in high school at all. It wasn't my jam. And then (laughs) when I did, when I went to doing hair, all I did was pay attention to business. Like, I learned the hair side of things. That was easy. And then I always loved learning business. So I would ask the salon owners questions. And when I became an educator, I would talk to salon owners in different states and I would get to know their business, what they did. I just did a lot of like market research on my own. Like, I didn't know what I was doing at the time, but it all led up to this, where it's like when it came time to expand and grow into this ideation that I, that I didn't, I can't say this is like something that's never been done, but it's something that I had not yet seen done to this capacity. Mm-hmm. And with that said, like, I just had to kind of throw spaghetti on the wall and just see like what's working, what's not working. So mm-hmm. how I'm supporting Silas with this is giving, I'm actually going to be launching my program to walk independent artists through the process of exactly what I did. Going from, you know, a one chair at a double suite into hiring an assistant, into growing into a larger room, into understanding like not just the boring profit and loss sheets, but like what can, what's your potential of doing this behind the chair? What is your passion of doing this behind the chair? Most importantly, it shouldn't just be money because there is a lot of reward and leadership and then how you can optimize your space to make revenue that's going to make sense for you to continue to do this. It's going to allow you to have work less behind the chair, even to the point of like walking you through, like how to utilize and optimize retail. I mean, wow. we've always been really strong within our retail sales, which helps generate additional revenue for the salon as a whole. So we can invest that back into other things. So right. it's like, it's really fun to have this business model because to me it's been very easy to work with. It's tangible to work with. It doesn't feel like it's a scary investment and I have invested I think it was like last year, I invested about 20,000 back into the salon for renovations, expansions, adding the second suite, putting wallpaper on the wall, like all these extra things. But it was really like, it was, I had the money, it was cash. It was cold, hard cash that I could do that with. And I wasn't putting myself out in a hard place because of what I produced the year prior to that. So it, to me, was like really exciting to go down that rev- avenue and just like explore and see what's possible with that. And I'm in a completely different place now with my team for where I thought I was going to be last year, but it's still exciting different ways where I'm now challenged. Okay. How do I now get to show up and motivate my team? How can I show up and and be that leader that I didn't have in my space when I was young in the salon because of certain leadership styles that I feel were toxic looking back on that. So it's really exciting to be the new face to what Younger stylists are looking up to just as mentorship and helping them grow bigger than where I would have even thought myself should be.
0: Oh, I love that! And you know, one of the coolest things that you shared with me that I just want to break on you for a little minute here is that you took a maternity leave for three months last year. And this is something that, like, as independent stylists, like, this is a big stress point, right? If you want to take like a lot of time off, or for whatever reason. Maybe you're having a baby. Maybe you want to go traveling. Maybe you want to do all these things. There's so much fear surrounding that because you're the only person creating that revenue, right? So because you pivoted your business model into this micro salon model versus just you alone in your suite, you were able to actually grow your business by what was it? 30%.
1: Last year, we generated more revenue as a salon growth. It's a celebration because of the steps that I trusted and took it, it generated that. And I took the three months off and was able to have a small paycheck throughout that time and as well have the rent paid, have the color paid. Like it definitely like the plan worked. It it was, it was definitely something that was able to work. And I, I still, yes, was working behind the scenes, I I had to, you have to as an owner, like you're the heartbeat yeah. to your business, but the clients were taken care of by my team. My team did a beautiful job keeping the salon running and things went relatively well. Like I can't complain. Yep. Yeah. And that is
0: something that just, you know, by thinking outside the box, you made that possible. And I think that is really amazing. And I, I was so excited to have you on the show because I think that we need to continuously talk about and highlight the infinite possibilities available in this industry. It is not just one straight success trajectory. There are a million routes that you can take and this could be a really incredible option for a stylist who's ready to step into their next next thing and full on salon ownership with the five, 10, 15 year leases. That can be a great option for some people, but this is another option that gives you a lot of these really great benefits, like generating revenue outside of your own chair in a way that allows you that flexibility and freedom, which is something that, that's one of my core values as a human being and why I never stepped into salon ownership. And I think it's just another option of what what your career can look like. So thank you for coming and sharing this where can my listeners go to find out more about you if they're wanting to hear more about the MicroSlawn model, if they're wanting to take the next step in and
1: find you? Yeah, I'm on Instagram and, and I'm, wow, I don't even know my handle. I am Laura Elizabeth. I am in the midst of launching my newest program, which is MicroSlawn Experience. So that is going to be a phenomenal asset and tool for anyone who's interested in wanting to know more about it or you're like, yes, I'm ready to do this. Sign me up. I'm going to walk you through like literally, this is going to be probably be the only container that I'm fully showing up and coaching every single person through it. Because I wanted to be as present within this experience as you guys for signing up to doing that. So that way you guys can ask questions. We can dive through this. Like We're going to go deep into what this looks like. So everyone gets the answers that they need and it's going to be incredible. So it's, it's my first container I'm hosting with that, but it's definitely something that I know very well after doing it for a couple of years I have lots of knowledge to share and to teach, you know, walk you through those areas that you feel scared or uncertain about or how to do it because trust me, if it's been done once, you can duplicate it and do it again. And then I do have a free downloadable I call it prep list that is going to walk anyone through the ideas of like, what, what goes into a micro salon and, and how do I grow it? And what are some systems I might need to consider? Or like, what are my thoughts about hiring an apprentice? So it goes through a checklist of things that you need to open up your own space and as well, other ideas and tips on what you can do to start doing that now within your business. I love that. Well, Thank you so
0: much for joining me today. And I am just excited to see what you do next. Thank, <laughs> Thank you. you so
1: much. I appreciate it. fun to share and asking such great questions. So appreciate you, my friend. Thank you again. <laughs> Thanks again.
0: Thank you so much for listening in to another episode of the Hairstylist Rising podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you like, subscribe, and leave us a review. Be sure to check out our show notes for all of the links mentioned in today's episode. And if you want to get in touch with me and let me know what you're thinking, what you'd like to see on the podcast, or just share your favorite episode, send me a DM over on Instagram, either at Rising or at it's Jodi Brown. I am so excited to see you back here, same place, same time next week, and until then, I am Jody Brown. I am your host and I'm signing off now. So thank you so much for listening to this podcast and we'll see you next week.